Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. I have a different and interesting podcast for you today. I'm going to walk through a mind map. I built a mind map for someone who was asking a question on our community forum, and I thought, well, I built it, I might as well repurpose it because I think you will benefit from it. I sat down and I built it out, I showed it to him, I tweaked it a couple of times, and I thought, this is really good, and I think it will be instructive for a lot of people. So I would appeal to you that if you have the time, that you will take the time, that you'll take a look at this mind map, it is in the show notes. And you can pull it up. You can use it. It will be an excellent teaching tool for you. I am also I have a video that is on our YouTube channel where I built out the mind map. And so you can actually see me walking through block by block by block step-by-step, working through this mind map, and you can see it constructed, and and it will help you, uh, one, well, to learn how to make mind maps. I think mind maps are excellent tools. I have been using them for years. Uh, People have always expressed how they benefit from them. We are audio learners. We're also visual learners. We're, We're both. We're kinesthetic learners as well, doing things rhythmic, like riding a bicycle without looking at at the pedals or typing without looking at the keystrokes. And so kinesthetic learning, audio learning, and visual learning, and that's where mind maps, visually, they help you to see concepts. And Jesus was the master at taking theoretical, abstract, spiritual, theological concepts and and bringing them into the practical realm so that we could see them and understand them more clearly. And so he would talk about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, and, and through those metaphors, those pictures that he would paint, that he would draw out for his disciples, they could learn spiritual truths. And so if you are if you have a hankering or, or you're somewhat curious about using mind maps, well, I would encourage you to look at this video. There is a link to it also in the show notes. Now, what is it about? Well, what is it, what's it about? The individual who commented on our forum uh, he's struggling uh, with a problem, and I'm not going to talk about that or get get into the, the nature of it, but conceptually, what he was struggling over, what he was tripping over, is, is this idea of someone who describes a problem, and they, they, they describe it accurately. Like, they, they look at you, for example, and they tell you, like this is what you are experiencing, and this is what you are going through, and these are some of your uh, reactions, and and this is some of these are some of the thought processes in in your mind, and how you are responding. Anybody with with any kind of insight and a pinch of wisdom can be able to understand you to that degree. It doesn't mean that they have gone through the experience with you, that they've walked in your steps, but they're very good at understanding what you are going through. But here's the problem. It's a false continuum. It can be a false continuum. And what I mean by that, just because somebody can describe 
what you're going through, it doesn't mean that they have a solution for what you are going through. Those are two different things. And so if someone comes to you, let me give you a specific illustration that's not what the individual was saying on the forum. Here's a, it's a very common illustration. A parent comes to me and they want me to counsel their child. They say that their child has ADD, ADHD. They took the child to a secular counselor, and, and the secular counselor went through five, six, seven pieces of criteria from the DSM-4. You know, your child is acting this way and this way and that way and responding this way, and this is happening as well. And the parent listens to that, and says, that's exactly right. That is exactly what is going on And because the person described a behavior that is observable, and if you have seen it in so many people, the last 20 children or the last 200 children, you actually become very good at describing the problem. And what happens is that the parent can begin to give this person the authority because they can describe it, then therefore they know what the answer and the solution is. And so the secular counselor says, you have ADHD. Okay, I have that. Then what do I do? Here comes the solution. Then you need to be on medication. And that is the false continuum. Just because someone can describe the problem, it does not mean that they necessarily know what the solution is, and that's where you want to be careful. Now, unfortunately, the Christian culture has been so inebriated in in science and media and, and what the psychologist, the psychological world has been doing. And so the DSM, which is the culture's Bible, the DSM-5 currently as of this podcast, but there was the four and the three and the two and the one, and there'll be the DSM-6 as well. But the DSM, it, it it is a book that describes all kinds of behavior, and it is merely a book of descriptions, not a book of solutions. And so what they have done is they have looked at all of these kinds of behaviors. This person here, he here's the here here's the criteria or here's the descriptions that accurately give you insight into how this person is behaving. So we're going to call him bipolar. And so there's the bipolar bucket. And if you meet all of the things on that descriptive list, then you have bipolar. Over here is ADHD and ADD. And then if you meet all the things, as I was illustrating earlier, then then you get the ADD, ADHD label. And then there are hundreds of these, and you, you know them. You know many of them. Obsessive compulsive, OCD uh, is another one. A lot of acronyms. And, and what it begins to do is that they have described it. They have nailed me or they nailed this person that I love. Now they have put a label on it. And, and it sounds kind of scientific, but it's really not. Okay, well, now we have a label, and so therefore this person knows exactly what what I need. And, of course, typically what happens is they, they they give them medication. And that's how a lot of our Christian culture 
the majority of our Christian culture thinks. And so they use PTSD. You'll hear these acronyms all the time, and it's problematic. And unfortunately, for those of us who, who do biblical counseling, we, we see the result of that after they come to us of, of years of being on medication, and they really haven't, they haven't had the transformation that they had hoped for, but, but now they're in this system of, of medication, and it becomes emotive for them. They become emotional about this. If you want to get into a heated argument over this with someone, well, it is a faith issue. And they have faith in, in what their psychologist and then their psychiatrist told them, and then it becomes an emotional thing, and it's hard to reason with them. And here's the thing, is that I am not arguing that the problem is not real. And that's what they hear. They hear that, that I'm saying, or the biblical counselor, the Christian is saying that, well, you're saying that my, my son doesn't have ADHD. No, I didn't say that at all. That is not what I'm saying. And that's why this mind map will be so helpful for you, because it, it takes you down three different paths. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. Nobody is saying that the the problem that the person has is not real. Nobody, nobody in their right mind would say that. No, whatever's going on with your child, with your spouse, with your parent, with the person that you love, nobody is saying that is not real. The problem is, is that you have two presuppositions. That's your starting point. And one presupposition says that the secular world, the DSM, they have the authority and the naming rights over whatever the issue may be. And people fall for it because they can describe. You know, that's like two people standing in your front yard looking at a tree, and both of them can describe the tree. It's a tree. It's, it's vertical. It's broad at the top. It's got a root system. There's bark on the tree. I bet the tree sucks up water from the ground. The tree has limbs. There are leaves. The leaves fall off in the fall. That's why they call it fall. I, I just made that up. And then in the spring, the leaves spring forth, and it blossoms. And you could sit there and listen to that, and it's like, wow, this guy has just described this. That is exactly right. And so he calls it a hog. Well, there's no question that this is a hog. Because he described it, he can label it. And so now what we have is a hog. It's not a hog. It's really not. And then he gives you a, a way of growing and maintaining this hog that is really a tree. And then you have the other person. He, he, he goes through the same routine. He says the exact same thing. But he says, no, this is a tree, and this is how you take care of a tree. Now, both of them described it perfectly, but one of them, the way that he told you to take care of it, the tree's going to die. And the other one actually not only knew it, knew what it, knows what it is, and accurately labeled it, 
but he has an answer for how to take care of it, and that is the problem. And so the title of this podcast, this is episode 238, where you will find the mind map. The title of it is The Battle Over Naming Our Problems and Providing the Answers. Now, what you will find in these show notes is that you will find the, the mind map that I've been talking about, and, and it, it'll be clear to you, I'm sure, but you'll also have this podcast that will give you some foundational and background information as to why I built it out. And so then you would have a video that will walk through. It's a screen recording of I'm actually building the mind map so that you can watch it in progress. And you can find that on our YouTube channel. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, will you go out and do that? That helps us to grow organically, and it helps us to reach more people. And so we have three primary ways. I was talking about this earlier, but now I will put it into the context of of marketing. We have three primary ways of communicating God's truth out. We have article content that people can read. We have audio content that you're listening to now. And then we have video content for people to view. And, and so you have your readers and you have your hearers and you have your, your visual learners. And so if you would go out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, I would really appreciate it because it will help us to reach more people, especially those who want to sit and watch visually excellent instruction, which is what we have here, by the way, excellent instruction. All right, so there are three parts to this mind map, and let me walk through them. I actually have an at-a-glance feature in the mind map, and I have them labeled one, two, and three. And so number one, is the person has an organic physical problem and they need to see a doctor. And so a biblical counselor does not give medical advice. And so there are true, legitimate, measurable, objective, organic, physical problems that a person can have. Now, if someone comes to you with an objective, organic, physical medical condition, no Christian counselor in the world would give advice, not specific advice as far as a solution is concerned. Uh, They will help you spiritually uh, to think about suffering from a spiritual perspective, uh, to learn how to mature through uh, whatever's going on with them. But as far as prescribing something, no, no, we don't do that. That is wrong-headed. It's illegal. It's unwise. And so we don't go there. And so what the biblical counselor and, and what I trust the psychologist would do as well is like you need to see a doctor. And that's where we both agree. There's an organic physical problem, and we both agree that we don't have the ability, the insight, the education, the training, the know-how to be able to help you with this physical problem. And so you need to go and see a doctor, a medical doctor. You need a checkup. You need a physical. You need blood drawn. You need your temperature checked. You need whatever whatever the appropriate things are. I had a physical problem. Uh, well, I had, I've had one for decades, actually. Not my head, it was my 
back. My head is incurable. But I've had back issues, chronic back problems for the majority of my life. And in 2017, I finally I finally submitted to the knife, and I tried everything in the world, well, not virtually everything in the world, to not to go under the knife, but finally I had to go under the knife, and I sought out an individual that, that we vetted well and believed he was competent enough to do this very intricate, delicate, and serious surgery, and, and things are better today, and I'm thankful for that. But there's a medical doctor who, who does that. But even with medical issues, there is a spiritual component to our organic problems. As I was saying earlier, it, you want to have a sound theology of suffering, and, and you, you want to understand God's grace, and you want to understand a biblical community of how they come alongside and encourage and, and motivate. And there's so many other aspects to the spiritual component to our physical problems, and those are two separate things, but we are a dichotomy. We are an organic, physical, medical, and we are non-organic, and, and that is spiritual, that is our soul. And so even with a physical problem, you have a, a, a soul care provider. Now that's where you get into two options. And the two options can be a, a secularist, a psychologist, a, a psychologist would be the, the mirror, it'd be the secular, the secular world's version of a biblical counselor, a Christian counselor, and so you have two options. You can go to a secularist or psychologist, or you can go to a, a Christian counselor, a Christian who, who can take God's Word. When I'm using Christian counseling, biblical counseling, and discipleship in this, in this podcast, those are all the same. There are, those are three different ways of saying the same thing. It is a person who loves God, who believes in the sufficiency of Scripture, and they have the competency. And that's a big deal. And one of the unfortunate things with the biblical counseling movement, and I've talked about this many times, is that you can become certified as a biblical counselor. And there's so many people that have their pieces of paper. And in one sense, those pieces of paper don't amount to a, to a hill of beans. I mean, if you come in my office, like right now, you would not see any pieces of paper. I, training is important. But the problem is sometimes, too often, people make another false continuum. Here's a false continuum that I have received this training. I have certification. It is hanging on my wall. Therefore, I am competent. That is a false assumption. It's not necessarily true. It can be a false assumption or a false continuum. And, and we as Christians have shot ourselves in the foot so many times because a certified biblical counselor was awful at providing biblical counseling. We are a mess too, <laughs> not just those on the other side of the fence. But the mirror of the secularist or the, the psychologist would be the disciple maker, going and making disciples, the biblical counselor. And those are the two options. And so once you move it out of the medical realm and you're dealing with just the soul side of a person, then now you have two views. And again, hopefully everybody agrees that if you have a medical problem, there's only one view. 
go see the doctor. But then there's always the soul component, and now you're moving through two views. In those two views, the culture, they, they, they have a bucket label for problems, and, and their bucket label comes right out of the dsm four. But, but even before you get to the dsm four, they have a presupposition, and this is important. Their presupposition is evolution. And what that part of what that means, they would say that people are inherently good. People are good, inherently good. And, and because of that, that's their starting point. And because of that, they just make a so many mistakes. It's like running down a track at a track meet, and you're in the hurdles. And you just knock every one of them over because once you start, if, if your starting block is evolution, you're going to knock over every blooming hurdle all the way to the finish line. Now, the, the other view, the Christian view, we don't embrace evolution. We embrace total depravity, that we are broken through and through. Physically, we are falling. Spiritually, we are falling. The noetic effect of sin, our, our thoughts, our, our mental processes, we are, we are fa- falling through and through. Now, what that mean, it, it doesn't mean that, that we are the worst people in the world because consequentially there are degrees of people you are not as bad as stalin and and hitler and any other bad person that you can think of but as far as who we are ontologically our state of being our condition we are all the same you might not have reached the potential of your badness, but you do have the potential of becoming whatever the worst version of yourself that you can imagine. And so we believe in total depravity. Now, from that starting block, you, you begin to move down a different path. You can actually jump over the hurdles rather than, than knocking them all over. And so we have a, we have a bucket, too to label our problems, but the starting point is total depravity. Now, the the bucket that the secularists used is the DSM. uh, DSM. Currently, it's the five, the DSM-5. And the bucket that we use to label the problems that we observe in people is the Bible. We, we, We believe in the sufficiency of God's Word. Now, where that will move for the Christian we would say that there is a soul problem, a spiritual problem. The secularists will say that there is a you have a disorder. You, you see how it's moving down a different path. We embrace, the secularist says, we embrace evolution. Now, we have a Bible for you. It's the DSM. And out of the DSM, you have a disorder. Now, the Christian would say that, that we are totally depraved, broken through and through. And we have a Bible that describes us accurately, and it gives us different labels. And we would say that you have a spiritual problem, you have a, a soul problem, and those are the two different tracks. Now, the problem is, is that what will happen is that if you go to a secular counselor, they will look at you and they will accurately describe you. And this is where it will go from there. They'll give you the DSM label, whatever the acronym is, PTSD, ADD, ADHD, OCD, 
There's so many of them. And what happens is that the the hearer of that, they will they will latch or hang authority and hope on that. Well, they described me. Here's the false continuum. And now they have authority in my life, and now my hope is built up in that. And so, well, what's the next step? Well, here's your solution. Now, the solution will be more than likely what they will tell you is, is medication, that you need to go on medication. And this is where it becomes emotive for a lot of people because people will get results. And you, you might want to put results in, in quotation marks. We're not talking about transformation. And what they mean by results, in, in most cases, they're talking about pragmatism. And I understand if your pain level is, is high enough, if you have a medical problem, for example, you, you, you don't care. Like, just give me something. I want results. Well, if you have a spiritual problem, a soul problem, and you're frustrated enough, and it's just been a burden for so long, you just want relief. You want relief. And so I understand. But what, what people will do is, is that they will say, well, the medication has changed me. I got results. That's pragmatism. They got relief. There is temporary recovery from the problem, but is it redemption? Is it restoration? Is it transformation? Rarely is it that. But because they got a particular result, they'll run with it and they'll stay with it. And in many cases, they will be locked into a a lifetime of, of medication. Now, the other track of depravity and the Bible and soul problems, and we accurately, we Hopefully, we can accurately describe what is going on with you. Now, what we will do is we will begin to give the person biblical truth. Now, biblical truth is a a different animal. It sounds different from from what the DSM label is. And the hearer of that will do the same thing as the DSM hearer. They will attach authority and hope to that to what you tell them, the biblical truth. And that's a good thing. And then you will begin to provide a solution for them. They attach a DSM level a label. You attach authority and hope to it. They give you a solution, usually medication. You experience recovery, relief, results. It's all wrapped around pragmatism. We accurately describe the problem as a biblical disciple-maker. We give you biblical truth. You attach authority and hope to it. We give you a solution. Now, our solution is different. It always starts with grace because we believe in total depravity, that we can't change ourselves. We can't manipulate ourselves into a better frame of mind. We need God's empowering grace to transform us. I say empowering grace because grace is active, and God will give us grace on two fronts. He will give us grace to change, and sometimes that is actually what happens. And the other aspect is He will give us grace to persevere. See, some of our soul problems are not because of us. They're because of of someone else. And so there's sin happens, problems happen in, in two different ways. We generate our problems. They come from within our hearts. And then sometimes our, the things that are going on in our lives, they, they come at us from another source. 
and you can't change that other source because you don't have the power to do that. And so God gives you the grace to persevere. And so our solution always begins with grace, and then there are two component parts to it. You are you have grace-empowered change, or you have grace-empowered perseverance. The title of this podcast is episode 238, The Battle Over Naming Our Problems and Providing the Answers. There is a link on our website to our community forum. I put it there because I want to have this discussion. It will stir up discussion with people. And because of that, we we need to funnel all of those conversations into one place so that we can talk. And it's free, by the way. It's, It's free. This podcast is free, the show notes are free, the video is free, and the conversation is free. So if you want to talk about this, go to the link in the show notes and and click on it. Go to our community forum and let's have a discussion. I do want you to use this mind map, the video, the podcast, the show notes as you help others. It is an important thing, and we want to communicate with as many people as possible so that we, we do have the right solution to our problems and we don't get in that bad track where we're knocking down all the hurdles that leads to a very unsatisfying life. Thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee. Thank you.